Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, tennis fans. Welcome to the Yellow Ball Network, where you'll find today's tennis discussions. This is your host, Coach Denise, exploring tennis blessings and its effects on life's journey. Tennis is a wonderful sport, which could be the vehicle that takes you through life's journey. And our mentors, well, they might provide that roadmap for your journey. For the last six-plus years, I have been blessed to be talking with mentors who have paved the pathway for many tennis players and coaches. Who are these mentors you will hear on our Thursday's broadcast? Well, the almighty Roland, at least once a month, you will continue hearing either Dr. Alan Fox or Coach Chuck Greasy. Other mentors sharing their knowledge on Thursdays have been coaches like Ashley Hobson, Bobby Payless, Dr. Bryce Young, Ed Crass, Johnny Angel, Nick Saviano, Scott Williams, energy coach Linda LeClaire. Tonight's uh, guest is Coach Scott Engie, and of course others. Besides these coaches sharing their knowledge, you may also hear other college or high school tennis coaches or USTA, PTR, USPTA heads, as well as leaders from tennis racket sport organizations. Because I do believe Dr. King when he said, our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter, Each week, you will hear my biased views on North American tennis and life. Yes, they are biased. I'm no longer in the Marine Corps, no longer in the police department. I don't have to claim to be a bias no more. So you will get what I believe is correct. Doesn't make it true or not. They're just my beliefs. I would like to thank the Yellow Ball CEO, J.P. Weber, for hosting the program and on our network, Of course, the nice thing about Block Talk Radio is you can listen at any time you'd like to any of the programming on the Yellow Ball Network. Uh, Yesterday, for instance, uh, if you missed it, Coach Chuck Reese had an outstanding program with one of his former uh, players, and uh, it's always special when one of your players come back and you can talk uh, uh, to them. But besides our Thursday's conversation, the almighty willing, you will be able to continue reading my articles in Florida Tennis Magazine. And as I have previously stated, if you disagree or want to comment, please email me at coachdenise.fhstca at att.net. That's coachdenise, D-A-N-I-S-E dot F-H-S-T-C-A at A-T-T dot net. Who knows? You may read your views in Florida Tennis Magazine or hear them on a future broadcast of Coach Denise Exploring Tennis Blessings. By the way, if somebody has taken the last issue of Florida Tennis from your pro shop or you're not a subscriber, You can always read the last issue of the magazine by going to www.floridatennis, that's capital F in Florida, capital T in tennis, dot com. So I think we have an outstanding broadcast for you tonight because it's a gentleman that I've known for about 20 uh, years and... uh, very special, and his organization is pretty uh, special, and hopefully we're at a time when uh, we need that. And it goes into my topic tonight, which is uh, awakening that sleeping giant called high school tennis. During the last century, most American professional tennis players came from college tennis ranks, and during those Better those years, better high school tennis events, you would see college tennis coaches recruiting some of your high school tennis players. During the 1980s, our American education system was becoming more of an 
inclusion system rather than a learning and repetition system, as well as competition institution of the previous decades. By the 1990s, it was becoming obvious that a star or trophy for all students was going to be given out, and naturally that was also having its effect on high school tennis. At about that same time, I started hearing tennis teacher professionals telling parents not to have their children play high school tennis if they wanted them to play college tennis. Being of the opinion that most high school tennis players were not going to be professionals anyway, but having a concern uh, for college tennis uh, future, in the, in the fears that I had there, as well as believing in the values uh, that tennis offered in life's journey, I utilized my position as president of the USPTR Florida section to promote my opposition to those what I consider discouraging uh, information to the better junior tennis players that they shouldn't be playing high school tennis. Shortly uh, thereafter, I met with the athletic director of one of the three local high schools in our community to see if the USTA or PTR uh, could be assistant uh, in his new high school uh, and the limited uh, courts he had with developing program in uh, for this school. During that conversation, uh, he asked me if I was willing to put my mouth where my money was. Uh, naturally, I was a little disappointed in having my ego thinking that I was doing a pretty good job selling high school tennis. Uh, and he suggested that rather than preaching about the values of high school tennis, that I should consider coaching high school tennis. And a short time later, I did start coaching the high school tennis team. And the blessings continued for the next 20 years. And even though I'm no longer coaching, they're still uh, continuing today. I've, you've often heard me say that if you're going into coaching uh, for the money, uh, you're making a mistake. You, you really, the rewards and the pay doesn't come until years and years later. And I'm at an age where I, <laughs> I've, I've reached that a long time ago, truthfully. But fortunately, most of my activity at the John Denise School of Tennis was with group lessons. So I understood the challenges of working with groups of youngsters was different than working with adults. But I soon learned that the distractions of other school activities, as well as the USTA change in priorities and the need for community involvement, made high school tennis coaching more challenging than coaching at a country club. Almost immediately, I started getting involved with the Florida Athletic Coaches Association and soon learned some of those high school tennis coaches felt a need for starting a separate organization for Florida high school tennis coaches. The idea was that high school tennis coaches would be recognized. And at that time, there was only one group that I knew, and that was the uh, uh, National High School Coaches Association, which we're going to talk to the gentleman tonight, uh, that was doing that, recognizing teams and coaches. And uh, But um, the Florida coaches just felt that it wasn't happening in uh, Florida uh, coaches weren't being recognized nationally. So that idea was floated, and uh, we felt we needed to be recognized, and uh, high school sports uh, had to be, uh, tennis had to be treated as a high school sport and not an after-school activity. And thus the FHSTCA was formed, not as a separate organization, but as the tennis arm of the Florida Athletic Coaches Association. 
Assuming the responsibilities of executive director of this new organization had me traveling across our great land, and I soon recognized that the challenges the USTA faced with dealing with high school tennis was greater than I had perceived or thought. While the new FHSTCA did a lot of good, I believe, of my own biased views, uh, we brought our coaches from across the country to do training uh, for our training sessions, which uh, uh, we not only did once uh, a year, but we also tried to develop the funding to do to travel around the state to schools um, uh, that didn't last uh, that only lasted a year, truthfully. Uh, we also developed a no-cost team tennis certification program with human kinetics uh, and others to produce a state high school uh, uh, team coaching certification, which we thought was needed because it was uh, separate than just uh, individually coaching. Um, we also did develop all-star uh, tournaments, and uh, we recognized uh, high school tennis coaches and honored them as we should. But it became obvious that I was not going to be able to achieve what uh, Texas and a couple of other high school tennis coaches organization was doing, and there was a need for new leadership. Tonight's mentor on Coach Denise Exploring Tennis Blessings broadcast is a past educator, a high school and college tennis coach, uh, comes from a coaching family, and uh, I've been blessed to know him for about uh, 20 years. Uh, Coach Scott Inge is a two-time USPA, USPTA National High School Coach of the Year. And on numerous occasions, uh, he's been a speaker at our high school tennis coaching training, uh, as well as uh, others. Uh, like I said, he is the co-founder of the National High School Tennis Coaches Association. And I believe uh, that can be the organization to awaken this sweeping giant uh, we call high school tennis and uh bring tennis back to uh, its glory years again. I think Scott, uh, I see Scott on the line. I also see uh, a few other people. I will remind you, I do appreciate you listening uh, to the broadcast, but I do not take calls uh, during the broadcast. I had an incident uh, six or seven years ago, um, so I, uh, I will post this. In a little while, and the great thing about Block Talk Radio is that you can listen at any time you want. Let me see if I uh, – Scott, are you there? Yep, I'm here. How are you doing, John? I'm blessed, Scott. Okay, so you other people, I, like I said, I do appreciate you being on, but I will post this. And that's the great thing about Block Talk Radio is you can listen at any uh uh, time you want, but I will post this shortly when we're through uh, talking, and everybody will be able to uh, listen. Scott, it's been a while, but uh, I I don't know if you've read my uh, commentary or uh, heard it. Uh, I do um, believe, uh, like I've explained earlier. Uh, uh, one of the blessings of no longer being in the Marine Corps or being on uh, uh, the police department no more is I don't have to claim to be uh, apolitical and have no biases. I am a creature proud of my family and proud of their upbringing, but uh, there's probably no more biased person than I, so these are always my biased views. But uh, I do believe uh, we're at a time uh, where we need your organization, and uh, I, I look forward to our discussion uh, uh, this evening. And uh, if you would uh, just start off, and then if I may, I'd like to ask a few questions. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, you and I have talked for many years, and I've talked to coaches, I've been on conference calls with high school coaches across the country over the last several years, 
about uh, your your famous uh, quote there: the high school tennis is a sleeping giant. Um, yeah, I, not to criticize the USTA, but I think the USTA is could help not only grow uh, the game in the United States, but also help grow high school tennis by being more involved with high school tennis. Uh, I sat on the national board for USPTA uh, membership board uh, last couple of years to try to get high school coaches uh, a uh, associate membership to the USPTA, both for their education and both for, um, you know, promoting high school tennis. And um, not, I haven't seen the recent data or statistics on that, but uh, again, to reiterate what you're talking about, high school tennis has millions of high school players in the United States, uh, many, many who are not USTA members, um, and many don't even play USTA tournaments. So there can be a connection there between the USTA and high school tennis um, that needs to be built stronger, both to, for the, the growth of the game and both for the, the uh, promotion of high school tennis. Well, I agree with you. I'm just not so sure. Uh, I know when I was uh, active uh, with the PTR, and, and even the eight years I was on the board of the USTA Florida uh, section board, uh, I could see, and it was no secret, the executive director at that time, he stated that, uh, tennis, as far as they were considered, is just recreation. And uh, truthfully, as I gotten older, I truthfully <laughs> I have more questions than I do uh, answer. So I'm not uh, criticizing the idea, but I do think you know what I worry about, and I, I see it reflected, in my opinion, in the world. I mean, I uh, I think that we need to uh, once we sit there and we start giving trophies out to everybody and we don't recognize that train, that tennis is a tough sport and we have to get people hooked on it before, uh, you know, they really get into it, um, you know, we're in trouble. And I'm just not so sure we can use what I've seen happen and you know probably better than I do because you've been involved uh, in the education system and your wife has been involved. But I just see us lowering the expectancy and lowering the value of of education. I'm not convinced giving a star or giving a trophy out to everybody uh, makes us uh, want to compete better or makes us better students or makes us better citizens. Uh, so I, what I loved about your organization is you recognize coaching, not just because you recognize me and your Hall of Fame uh, and other people, but you recognize the teams. You know, I loved when you had the top 20 teams in the country and everything. And uh, I think people's efforts have to be recognized. And I, I just don't see the USTA, and I do recognize the struggles that they have. Uh, I, I learned the hard point when I traveled around the country and tried to do things. So, uh, like I said, I'm not ashamed to uh, point out my failures uh, in trying to uh, do the things I wanted to do, but I do think we need an organization like you were running, and I understand going from high school to college, tennis uh, journey you were on, and and now uh, I feel a little guilty because now you're a grandfather, and I boy, that's nothing. Uh, there's nothing more special than that. But somebody's got to get us on the right track again. Yeah. Well, you know, I think um, the education portion of it is, is critical for uh, high school coaches. Um, that's why I started that organization, uh, the National High School Tennis Coaches Association, uh, 30 years ago. Um, and we really try to recognize not only coaches that have won a lot, but we also recognize coaches that have impacted the community. That's one of our criteria or standards for you know inducting people into the National High School Coaches Hall of Fame. 
there are, you know, hundreds of coaches across the country that have spent, you know, many, many years, uh, not only as a high school coach, but trying to introduce the game to the, the community, to the elementary school kids, uh, running summer camps just for the joy of it and the love of the game. And those guys need to be as uh, recognized uh, as much as the uh, uh, the coach that wins state championship. Um, I saw my dad do that. Uh, I was very, very fortunate enough uh, to uh, live in a, a household where my father was a very, very innovative um, high school coach and was recognized uh, in his later years into the Illinois Hit Tennis Coaches Hall of Fame. But he learned the game of tennis when he was in college. He was a college basketball player. Um, and this coach said, you know, to my father, he said, Chuck, you're a, you're a really good athlete. Have you ever thought about playing college tennis? He said, well, I don't know much about tennis. You know, my brother and I played when we were little uh, out in the public courts, but he said, I can teach you. So he actually learned the game of tennis while he was in college, made the college tennis team uh, as a five and six player, and then went on to a great, great coaching career, 50 years of high school coaching um, uh, he did uh, high school teacher and uh, coach, but we became very, very innovative and a very competitive part of uh, suburban Chicago. And uh, I learned uh, all my best, you know, uh, ideas for growing the game uh, for his own program and for my own program. And we'd like to just pass that along uh, to coaches free of charge. We don't charge any membership for the National High School Tennis Coaches Association. Uh, we put on, uh, you know, regular videos uh, probably once a week all about how to grow your program, you know, how to run a practice, you know, the, the uh, things to look out for in, in uh, coach high school tennis and ways to produce a, a championship program. Uh, I found a good friend a couple of years ago, and which I know you know, David Smith uh, out of uh, St. George, Utah, has done a tremendous yeah. job. Uh, with this, and that's why we inducted him last fall into the National High School Tennis Coaches Association. He had winning teams in California, Arizona, and Utah, and has really done a great job. I actually flew out there with him to induct him. We flew out there with my wife, and got a chance to see you know what he does for the community. He runs regular tennis uh, drills and, and lessons uh, for five bucks a lesson for the community out there just to get them involved and enough to pay for the next uh, set of tennis balls. You know, uh, he's not only a brilliant uh, tennis coach, but he's uh, uh, committed to growing the game in this community. And, and uh, I think we need, need more coaches or more coaches educated in how to do that. Yeah, I think it's important. I, was, I, I read his book and, uh, and it was great to see you do the introduction uh, of that. And I was blessed to have him on uh, a few weeks ago. And I think, you know, it's one of, if I would recommend two books that I think every athletic director should get for his coaches, that would be one of them. And, of course, I've been a believer of Chuck Greasy's teaching coach, and I made sure all my coaches had uh, had that book. But that's what, you know, we don't forget the athletic director's to sit there and make this kind of investment, that's a small investment. And I know I have yeah. a bias to books because I, I used to give out more books instead of trophies. Uh, I did always write in them, but uh, uh, it's my own personal bias. But that's the kind of lessons that we need to go. And we have people in there that uh, – you know, my wife for years run the District 15 NJTO 10 and under program. Matter of fact, she ran it before mm-hmm. the USTA had a 10 and under program. And working with those kids, I always had my high school team helping out. And sometimes I would, uh, a couple of times, you know, you're guilty like I'm guilty like everybody else. I'll say, yeah. I'm surprised to see so-and-so sure. I wasn't sure I was getting through to him. And my wife would say to me, you see him or her helping that little, you know, seven-year-old or eight-year-old, and I hear him saying the same thing that you said. So it's nice to be reminded. I always said you can learn as much from your teams, the people you're coaching, than you can from other 
excellent coaches like Scott Inge. And, uh, you know, you've heard me speak uh, and say it at uh, our workshops. Uh, well, it's great to have you come in. Uh, I went to Kansas once after, I think it was a year after the first World Scholar Athlete Games we were in. And you came to Florida, I don't know how many times. <laughs> Just, uh, yeah. I didn't mean to take advantage of you, Scott, but the you know, we need people like you, but we also need to listen to the team members. And I just don't see the organizations listening to anybody. And we're, we're their team members, just like the, the yeah. high school players are our team members. Well, you make a great point about, you know, having your, your team help out with the the junior players, the beginning players. You know, I've done that for years. I, I, I did that uh uh, I discovered that through the model of my, my father's uh, summer tennis program. Um, he had me come and coach uh, and work with the, the juniors when, from the time I was 15 years old. And I just uh, completed my 47th consecutive summer of, of uh, teaching tennis this year. But one of the things that the high school coaches can do to build their program is start a summer tennis program. Yeah, invite your high school team members, you know, pay them, you know, 15 bucks an hour, which is way more than what they'd make at, at McDonald's. Help them uh, invite the elementary school kids come in at a cheap price. And what begins to develop is a relationship between the elementary school kids, the middle school kids, and the high school kids. The younger kids always look up to the older kids as older brothers and sisters or, or mentors uh, for the game. And once they get inspired by the older high school kids, um, they they grow a love of the game because they want to be like their their, their uh, heroes. Um, growing up in in uh, you know three different states, my dad was a high school coach in both basketball and tennis. And I always looked up to the high school athletes when I was in elementary school, enjoying you know meeting them and and uh, getting a chance to play with them a little bit. And so they were my heroes. And so if the USDA wants to grow the game. Uh, they need to support that sleeping giant of high school tennis because they know, and, and tennis pros know, and college uh, high school coaches know, that it starts at the bottom. You can't grow the game when the kids are in high school. you got to get them in elementary school, get them a love for the game, get them into summer camps. Use your high school players as mentors uh, to inspire the next generation of tennis players who eventually will come and play for you. One of the best stories I have, is uh, I had uh, I always taught tennis in my elementary PE class, uh, and then would invite those kids for free clinics in the summertime. And eventually, through the course of 10, 12 years, those kids I started in my elementary school and teaching them how to play the game with Nerf balls and small rackets over uh, you know a rope tied net. They went on and 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 got a love for the game. And one of the kids that uh, you know I started in my elementary school came back became a uh, nationally ranked player, was a three-time state champion for me at the high school I coached at. And, you know, it was that progression of going down into the elementary school, using my high school, current high school players as mentors that inspired this kid to come back and, and love the game and end up being a, a state champion, a three-time state champion for me. Uh, no, those, that's why as you often say the rewards come later on, but they're, uh, you know, there are great rewards. They might not be financial rewards, but the rewards that you can't replace. And I don't, do you, I don't know if you remember uh, the second World Scholar Athlete Games we were at. Um, it was, you know, every four years it's hard to, at least at my age, it's hard to remember. You're going to come to it pretty soon. But uh, there was a, a young lady there, Jennifer Bergstrom, and she was a player, she was a coach. If you remember, her father, John Bertram, they were in the, uh, he was one of the coaches that uh, worked for me. Uh, they wound up in that last championship game, and she beat her dad the ball at the top of the net. We were playing by the Billy Jean King rules, and it fell over. But she, if you remember, was at the game four years ago. And to come back four years later at the next games and have her as a, a coach, 
uh, you know, that was, those are pretty special uh, memories. And, uh, and they can come out of high school again, and we just need them coming out of high school because, you know, I'm hearing the same thing now where colleges don't let your player play college tennis if they're going to be a pro, and especially on the girls' side more than the boys' side, as you know, because they mature a little faster. But, I mean, to me, it's so discouraging to tell someone if you have a chance to play college tennis to hear, you know, the same thing I heard 20-some years ago that uh, don't let your kid play high school uh, tennis if they're going to play college. Well, it's actually – up to the college level now, you're hearing that way too often. Don't let your kid play college tennis if you think they're going to be a pro. And uh, yeah. you know, we just seem to be going backwards instead of ahead. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, UTR has helped that uh, tremendously, and this is another thing UST need, needs to be aware of uh, more in depth. I think they're starting to get it now. But if USD is not careful, UTR will become more important than USDA rankings. Uh, and I know that as a, f- a former college coach over the last five years, uh, college coaches across the nation are un- using UTR uh, as the ranking, the uh, number one criteria to measure skill level uh, for both national and international players. And so USDA rankings are almost becoming uh, they are secondary now, but they're almost becoming uh, uh, not relevant uh, as far as uh, college coaching, uh, recruiting. But, um, yeah, you know, I'd love to see USDA be more involved in that. You know, David Smith and I talked about we'd love to see USDA run uh, a national championship for teams, uh, which could be done in the early part of the summer uh, for state championship teams, you know, just offer it uh, and get it some, um, you know, publicity. And once that takes off, you know, you'll see more kids wanting to play high school tennis, more kids wanting to be involved in, in uh, regional and uh, national championships. Back in the 90s, I ran a uh, national high school invitational where we had the best teams of in Florida, California, uh, Texas, Kentucky, Ohio, Missouri, Kansas, meet in Kansas City. And we ran an indoor tournament, a uh, two-day indoor tournament, you know, start at 8 o'clock in the morning and go to almost midnight. But we had some of the best teams in the country there, and it was great. We had hundreds of people coming out to see some of the best players play. We had Alex Bogmiloff, uh, who was a, a touring pro from Florida, come out and play for us. Rudy Reiki, who was a uh, national champion, uh, champion player from Florida. Um, there's some really, really great players that came out for that, but, you know, would love to promote something like that. Um, I'm going to try to get back into, uh, we've got a great tennis facility in the town that, that, uh, I live in right now. Um, trying to get back into a national invitational, um, you know, sometime this spring is the difficulty is trying to match up the, the, uh, dates for all the, the states that play some states play. Boys in the fall and, and girls in the spring, and, and vice versa right. in the states. So I think if the USDA could step up and, and do hold it at the National Tennis Center the first week of June uh, after the state championships are over, um, I think that would be a, a highly successful tournament. I know teams from all over the country would fly in for that, um, and it would be a great way to inspire younger players to to try out for tennis and. Uh, Play the, play the great game that we love. I I agree. Uh, yesterday uh, on Chuck Greasy's uh, broadcast, uh, he was talking about the national uh, uh, playing play American tennis again, and and truthfully, it's no secret. Now, a couple of years ago, I was at a meeting for. Uh, uh, doing that because the USTA would perceive they weren't doing it with North American tennis. My problem was my own bias. Uh, the, the money was going to come from the same place, and that was gambling. And I'm just uh, – I've I seen in the years on the police department, uh, I didn't look good in a uniform, so they put me in the detective bureau, and I – 
worked in the drug department, and I seen the addiction, and I think the same thing had happened with gambling, and to take the money from there uh, to start a new league, uh, I had to drop out, and a few of us did. But Chuck Greasy had an inf- interesting uh, conversation, and you guys should get together and um, talk uh, y- yesterday on that. And if you get a chance to listen to his broadcast, you might want to uh, listen. And you talked about the UTR. Two weeks ago, I was down at Inspiration Academy in Bradenton. I was out for two reasons. They had a UTR event. There was a Florida girl that uh, got beaten in the semifinals, but uh, looking to write a story uh, about her. But I also <laughs> truthfully had two grandsons uh, that were down there, but they were down there for baseball because they also run a great baseball uh, program there. And uh, uh, fortunately, uh, unfortunately, the both boys only pitched uh, two games each. And what was fortunate for Bobby and I, we got to see him because uh, the Northern teams always start the season in Florida and then move out to Texas and then up to the Carolinas and work their way back north. And by the time they got north, the season, the college season was over with. So they were trying to stay in shape down there, and it was great to see. But I'll tell you, that UTI tournament on the boys' and girls' side, uh, money tournament, which we had talked about years ago, uh, but uh, it was just the talent there was very, very good. And it was hot. I mean, it was a blister. And it was typical Florida, uh, you know, uh, weather at this time of year. But uh, it, it was just rewarding to sit there and watch those kids uh, play in uh, tournaments. There was some outstanding uh, young people that are trying to gather points and trying to work their way up, and most of them had uh, hopes of being a pro someday. Some of them staying in shape, uh, hoping the college season's going to return. But uh, any chance somebody has to see a UTR event, I think we've got to get more of those events on. I agree with you 100%. Yeah, UTR has uh, really done a good job over the last five, six years of promoting uh, tournaments and uh, pro- uh, promoting their um, uh, ranking system. I mean, it's been very valid uh, for us as college coaches. But uh, I also encourage high school coaches to try to – you can register your team uh, for UTR and every match that they play um, during the high school season counts for their, their ranking. Mm-hmm. And that's the way to go because we tried years ago to convince the USTA Florida that. And, uh, matter of fact, my, uh, Bobby was at that meeting. It was her recommendation that uh, you know they were their their argument was we can't do it because they're not memberships. So she said, well, we're giving uh, free membership to the ten and under. Uh, people to uh, try to encourage it and to get the event going on. Why don't next year we give them to the high school uh, players a free membership and let's see if we get high school tennis. Oh, that's a good idea. Well, let's get back to you on that. And I contacted them back two or three times. Uh, uh, We're still considering that. So I don't know if there's people just afraid to step up or afraid they're going to offend somebody. Uh, you know, people say, well, it's easy for you, coach. You're old, so you could say what you want. Well, uh, hopefully, I don't see, think of that I'm older. I'm older than most people, but I try not to be old. <laughs> but uh, I think we have to be careful when we're afraid to say something. We're all saying the same thing. Then what are we learning? We learn by having discussions back and forth with different people's ideas and uh, you know we have to start listening to uh, people's discussions if we agree with them or disagree with them yeah it takes courage to be innovative mm-hmm. you know because you have to put your idea out there and it's going to be susceptible to criticism most uh, young people coming up whether it's in the USDA or any corporation 
are oftentimes uh, afraid to speak their mind for fear of being criticized or uh, being threatened to keep quiet, uh, you know, or a threat of losing their job. You know, I understand that, but it takes courage to be innovative. Best way to uh, promote an idea is to build consensus. You know, if if uh, somebody can, you know, uh, get a group of, of coaches together, a group of players together, a group of parents together, and uh, support uh, an idea, it's much better uh, received, uh, much better by those in authority than those don't. Uh, I helped um, build um, uh, a 12-court tennis complex just a couple blocks down the street from my house here. Uh, it's used by the school district. Uh, I got a consensus of 20 uh, people in our community um, who wanted to see a uh, uh, co-op uh, tennis facility built uh, for the public and for the schools. And I took 20 people in with me to the superintendent, who was a tennis guy, but uh, it took, you know, a uh, consensus of people to uh, actually get that project, project pushed through. So, yeah, it's it's going to take, you know, one or two people to uh, come up with a great idea, find uh, people that will support the idea, and uh, and then um, uh, present it to the, uh, the appropriate people. Uh, but it takes courage to do that. What are some of the things that you think that a high school uh, coach, uh, you know, can do to encourage some of these academy directors, uh, you know, to let their players play in high school events? Uh, uh, I think it's gotten worse. And I think, uh, like I said before, it's, uh, I hear it with the college, too. So it's uh, what were just some of the things. I mean, it can't be just you and I talking about it. If you're a high school coach, and uh, to me, you've got to be thinking about, you know, bringing the skill level of everybody up. I mean, that's one of the challenges of high school coaching is when you have such a diversity of individuals and talents there. But what do you say to the, uh, you know, the director at a, you know, the local academy or uh, club and uh, when you do you go approach that individual and explain yourself? Do you try to get them involved? What are some of your suggestions? Well, I've run into that um, in my coaching career as a high school coach, and, and uh, I had, you know, academy directors telling their players, I don't want you playing high school tennis because it's going to ruin your game. Uh, part of that thought was, um, you know, well, maybe the high school coach is not as good a coach as I am, and he won't be teaching you the, the proper techniques, the proper ta- tactics. But the, the greater portion of that was, you know, when you leave me for the high school season, I'm not going to get the income from you or your parents, uh, which is, you know, a shame that it's presented that way um, dis- discreetly, but that's that's the real reason behind it. So what I did is approach the, uh, the academy director and, and tell him, look, you know, I got 50 kids on my high school team boys and I got another 40 on my girls team there's almost 100 kids I'll promote your academy and push them to your academy in the off season if you promote playing high school tennis I said so that's going to be this guy you got to present it in a win-win situation here I'm going to I'm going to you know push my kids to to work with you in the off season when I'm not allowed to and you'll you'll make a bigger profit with the 100 kids that I I push toward your way but I, I want a little uh a reassurance from you that you'll allow them to play and encourage them to play high school tennis to increase my, my program. So if you pr- you bring it to the academy directors in a win-win situation, you know, I can help you make more money bring, by bringing in more kids. You help me uh, uh, create a, a stronger program by developing those kids in the off season and then helping them come uh, play for me during the high school season. I think that's the best way to, to approach it. Because if you try to butt heads with, but the academy directors uh, or, or tennis pros, you know, and tell them, you know, uh, you're ruining my program. If you put it in those terms, um, they're just going to blow you off. But if you present it in a way that, you know, I can help you promote your program, I can help you build your program, you help me build mine, and that way we'll have a win-win situation, a collaborative situation where we can help each other. Really the best way to go. And, and once I started to do that, 
uh, it worked out fine with the academy directors. Yeah, and that kind of brings us with, uh, to uh, what uh, uh, coach in high school tennis, um, and I can't think of his name now, Smith. Uh, Coach Smith was uh, in his book, which I think is an outstanding book, bringing the community together using the limited courts and everything. But uh, he was talking about that, and that's why I really believe for a high school coach, the two books that I would really recommend is coaching uh, high school tennis. Because once you do have the job, you better know how what coaching tennis is really about and. Uh, like you said, you don't want to destroy anything, but high school coaching mastery, I think is a book that everybody uh, should uh, in the school should be looking at and what to do. What would you add to that, that uh, coach Smith has talked about that you think is something that would be Good for the uh, you know the program, the high school tennis program. What was one of the things you would recommend, or you did, uh, get the community involved in? You know, part of what you're doing. Yeah, well, I, you know, I always I spoken at a lot of conventions, but I always stick around because there's always something new that I can learn when I go to a convention, a tennis convention. So I'd highly recommend coaches, regardless of how many years that you've been involved in high school tennis or teaching or whatever. There's always something new that you can learn, um, and that's why I would suggest you know David Smith's book, um, high school uh, coaching uh, mastery or co- high school coaching mastery. Um, go to conventions, um, talk to your uh, colleagues, um, you know share stories and ideas. Um, I would even go to uh, uh, and if your state doesn't have one, uh, most states do, but the uh, there's several states that don't have a uh, state tennis coaches association. If your state doesn't have one, organize one. Uh, bring in speakers, uh, be speakers yourself and share ideas. It's all about building your professional library. You know, as a college uh, coach and professor, I always talk to kids about everything that you learn in college, everything you learn your your life experience builds a professional library in your head. You know, you, you get good ideas, things that you like, you keep. The things you don't like, you send, send out. But um, in my last home, the home I'm currently building in here, we had a closet uh, built into my office. And I said, yeah, I don't, need a, I don't need a coat closet in my office. What I need is a bookshelf in my office. So I've got a two-door uh, library in my office, which I call my professional library. It's filled with books. It's filled with videotapes. Um, and uh, uh, you know convention notes. You know I built a you know pretty substantial uh, tennis professional library. So I suggest the coaches you know go to every convention you can go to. You know build friendships with other respected coaches. Um, there's plenty of resources out there on uh, USPTA, USDA. Um, there's plenty of good books out there on, on high school coaching. Um, so you, it's, it's all about building a professional library. Uh, taking co- uh, courses because um, once once you get that job, as you said, you got to convince the parents and the players that you are knowledgeable in this in order to keep kids coming out year after year, and then trusting your coaching decisions. You know, the first couple of years I was a, a young coach in my uh, late twenties, early thirties. Um, you know, I could beat all the players uh, that I, I had on my team, and that gave me some some uh, you know, respect, but at the same time, uh, kids would say, you know, well, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And as I began to develop their game and develop their tactics, they began to trust me more. But that only came through years and years of, of playing experience, uh, coach, uh, listening to co- other coaches, uh, listening and watching my father coach over years. You know, you have to build your professional library, not only as a coach, but in any profession that you do. The smarter you get about your profession, the the more proficient you're going to be in it. If I could just add one thing to that, because I'm I am also a collector and uh, of books, and I uh, we lost our home in 2004 with the hurricane, and uh, uh, I lost a lot of a lot of books. 
And I have books out to everybody, and a lot of people gave me my books back, but I I didn't. So I still lend books, but now I have my own library cards because I I want them back, especially the the books. So I I think they're a, a special thing. And if I could just add one more thing to the young coaches, don't ignore what you're about too and I'll use this as an example uh, and you're a teacher in tennis uh, now a tennis professional tennis high school coach whatever that has got to be number one but what is, what is, who are you what are you doing with me the constitution is something that was always big with me uh you know, people, I say I'm a liberal. Uh, other people said, no, oh, you're a conservative. Uh, you're, you know, I, I'm a constitutionalist. If you, you know, I do believe that way. But starring the young one, my wife was looking to expand the, uh, the, the 10 and under program uh, and to get involved in the community. One of the where she got me on is she knew what my interest was in the Constitution, and she and she talked to the middle school uh, history teachers and started an after school tennis in the Constitution program. So wow. needless to say, who was the person that did that program? Because she knew, so I was able to sit there and reinforce my belief in the Constitution that, you know, the 500 years of and you're able to get a first-hand look, because your biggest job there, there's, there's organizations that have great teaching tools there. Your biggest job really is to sit there and keep the conversation going, so you find out who the player is that uh, and I did this at the high school, too. But, you know, some people are dominant. They want to take over the conversation. They could be a little combat, combatant. And so you've got to make sure everybody is contributing to the conversation and that everybody is not agreeing with each other. Well, you know, was, you know James Madison had a, a, a different view of that. Okay, and what was that view? So... Uh, so find what you like. It doesn't have to be the Constitution, but whatever, you, you know, who you are. And that's what I believe the first thing of being a good coach is you have to learn who you are. And then your, your own philosophy. Who has the best teaching philosophy? I don't know. You know, what fits for me might not fit for somebody else. But that's my way of doing uh, things. So I would add that to it. Is you have to... You know, remember where you came from, and, you know, don't give that up. You don't have to do that to be a coach, but you just have to add to what you're doing. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, Coach, we have uh, about five minutes left, and if you feel you want to – Get your national organization more active again. And if there's people out there, and I do believe there's some because I have more people, most people know not to call in because I don't take uh, calls. And I've had a half a dozen people on. I don't know who they were. Um, was it going to take a chance? I did that once. Once was enough. But uh, if there are people out there and they're willing to help you, because I know you can't do it all. And I know, looking at all the pictures uh, on Facebook, Bobby and I uh, uh, probably get almost as much enjoyment uh, as you do watching your grandson grow and the expressions and, uh, you know, being involved. And there's nothing more special than being a grandparent and, uh uh, our grandchildren are a lot older now, although uh, we do have three great-grandchildren. So, uh, you know, we're going through the younger ones again. So I don't want to disrupt your life, but if you're willing to get the National High School Coaches Association more active, it's going to take other people, too. And if you are... And people, 
because it's all our responsibility. It's not just you and me and uh, Chuck Reese and a few other people. It's all everybody's responsibility. Uh, how would they contact you? What do you say? The last uh, five minutes are yours, okay? Okay, thank you, John, for letting me be on. Uh, we have a Facebook page for the National High School Tennis Coaches Association. Uh, I'm putting videos on there uh, on a regular basis. But we're also looking to answer questions coaches have. So if you want to uh, put a message or a uh, uh, question on there, we'd be glad to discuss it with you. Open up uh, uh, that uh, question to a thread where all coaches can uh, voice an opinion on how to grow the game. Uh, that would be great. National High School uh, Coaches, Tennis Coaches Association on Facebook. And then also, uh, as we've mentioned, we do a, uh, a yearly uh, top 25 uh, ranking system for high school teams across the United States, both boys and girls. I need more representatives from states uh, that want to be on there as, as a uh, voting block. Uh, at least one representative for one state would be uh, you know, optimal, maybe two from uh, Florida, Texas, and California because of their populations in New York. Um, what's interesting, what I found out over the years is each state does their state tennis tournament a little bit differently at different times, and it's really fun to see how each state does it. Um, but based on uh, you know state results and uh, uh, dual season results and um, you know national rankings of players, we kind of come up with that determination. And then lastly. Um, uh, we're looking for help to uh, be on a panel to vote for our National uh, High School Tennis Coaches Association Hall of Fame. Uh, the last couple of years, we've done one um, uh, inductee per year. You know, I know there's more great coaches out there with great uh, um, you know, resumes, and we'd like to induct more than one a year. So those that want to be on that committee, uh, we're looking for uh, uh, committee members for that to, to vote and to research uh, coaches to be recognized as well. Very good. Um, is there, um, okay, well, you did the Facebook uh, page. Uh, they can contact you through the Facebook. Did you have an yes, email? Yes, my phone number and my uh, email is on there. Yeah. They're both on there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've always enjoyed talking with you. It's been too long since uh, we've been uh, together. I will remind you, like I do all the time, although you were in Florida, I think, last year, and I was, I forgot where I was. I, was, I think I was with, probably with my grandchildren, <laughs> too, in a baseball game. But uh, we would love to see you. you know, we do have uh, room so if you're in Florida and you're in the area, you know, Bobby and I would love to have you here. We're just a quiet uh, old fishing village. It used to be it used to be where most of the fish uh, that fed the uh, southeast came from until a bunch of us came down uh, almost 40 years ago and ruined it <laughs> for, the, for the people. But yeah. uh it's, uh, well, we'll nice make it place. down to Florida because uh, my wife loves Florida, and, and we were down there actually twice uh, last winter. I have to put a, a plug in uh, for my Kansas City Chiefs. We went, we were able to go down to the Super Bowl and watch our Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl for the first time in 50 years, That's and that right. was a great That's experience. And then we came back to uh, uh, Tampa Bay. We've never been to Tampa or even the west uh, coast side of Florida. So I took my wife down there for a concert uh, on Valentine's Day. We had a great time in Tampa, but we'll we'll definitely come down and see you and Bobby uh, sometime soon. Well, that, we we would love that. That would be special. The, the Tampa on the West Coast is beautiful. Like I said, we were in Bradenton just a few weeks ago, uh, but uh, you know. We would love to have you here. We're not that far from the beach if you want to go. I go walking every day down to the uh, fishing piers here. And, uh, you know, we've got a nice pool to relax to. And 
And we have a lot of rooms because uh, my wife said we had to make sure we had enough rooms for the kids to, you know, come down. But they all had their own life, so <laughs> we don't see them as yeah. often as we love to. Well, yeah. I appreciate you being kids. on today, and hopefully we get a, a lot of people involved with you, and we could uh, wake up this sleeping giant called Tenet. Okay, I appreciate it, John. Thanks, and stay safe and be well. You too now. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye.